This morning you turn to Psalms 37. God has changed my message three times today. Three times. I am some kind of confused puppy right now. Amen. But I want to make sure today, if the Lord would allow me to, to bring you an encouraging word today. We need an encouraging word at, at all times. We, we do need an encouraging word. As I looked around, I was just thinking about, about Kaylee singing that song, I Remember. And I got to think about all the miracles, Sister Mona, that the Lord has brought us through. I thought about all the things. Amen. Go and give God a hand clap. I thought about all the things that, that a lot of y'all have gone through that's a whole lot worse than anything that we're faced with today. And, and it was hard on you. I mean, really hard on you. Harder than anything that we hear in the news today. I mean, I mean when you think about that energetics, don't make that so small. And Brother David Livingston has been talking to me a lot, and, and he's telling us, uh, and he's going to be speaking to us here, not today, just very long. We'll we just see how, how it's going to go. But he, he said, if we'll, just, if we'll just do the things, as he said to me, that we normally do in flu season. If we'll just do the things that we know to do, we'll be mindful. You know, if you're in a place and people bring things your way and it's going to be pretty tough for you not to be sick, if they bring it your way, no matter if it's in 2020, if it was in year 2000, it wouldn't matter. So if we'll just do those things, you know, I pulled up by number, you know, of flu and all the, what has happened with flu and how, how it is. And it makes things seem so, so little, but, uh, but we don't want to be uh, into a place that we're telling you that we take anything likely. But as we come in this place today, we're of a place that brings hope in the middle of despair. And this place here that you're in has brought a lot of hope to people that was in despair, to people that was lost and didn't know Jesus, that was in a total darkness. It brought hope through the message of the preaching of God's Word. And as we're here in Psalm 37, we're right in the midst of God just telling us how good He has been. In verse 23, it says, For the steps of a good man is ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. And we can read all through God's Word, and we can see where when, when we're walking, he said, I'll make you, your crooked places straight. And, and all through his Word, and, and, and he said, when you're, when you're weak, then I am strong. And, and the Lord uh, tells us in Proverbs 3, 5, how sometimes we get all worked up in our minds over things. That's what the world would want us to do. So maybe we'll lean on something else. We'll lean on, well, maybe the government's going to come up with an answer. Maybe the politicians are going to come up with an answer. Maybe the White House is going to come up with an answer. I come to tell you that there won't be an answer that's going to come from the White House. There won't be an answer that's going to come from the politicians. There won't be an answer that's going to come from the government. The only answer that there is in anything in living is Christ Jesus. It's always be the answer. It'll always be the answer. Even when I got saved, it was not this way. It took time. 
It took me sin. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But after a while, after you've seen God, after it's been, you know, evident, after a while, after, you, after you've observed so much. That's why we had that word early that we preached Wednesday night about an observation. You know, we, we have observed how big God was. Brother Kenneth, if you have a wife that's been through cancer, you, you have observed, you have been firsthand. Sister Mona, as I think about you and how you came down, what a testimony, sister, you was to me last Sunday morning after the preaching of the word. It's not an easy thing to wake up one day and your husband's not there. And they're a young person. They're not sick in any kind of way, but all of a sudden they're gone. What devastation that is. What, what hurt that's got to be. And I got there as soon as I could. I, I never will forget it, getting there to Humboldt. But, but to have that sister to come down to tell me, Brother Eddie, I'm not telling you they ain't rough days. But I'm looking you straight in the eye and I'm telling you that I'm okay. In Christ, I'm okay. In my heart, I may be hurting. But in Christ, I'm letting you know that I'm okay. What do you do? I'm just right. I'm just preaching this from Wednesday night. It has nothing to do with what's going on in the world today. But what do you do when the obstacles come your way? What do you do? There was a time that you didn't lean on the Lord. You didn't call on the Lord. There's many here today. You're not going to do that. You're not going to do that. I mean, you really think you're some kind of mighty somebody. We all did that way. If you're new and you hadn't been here, it's worth telling just for you being here. I also one time, even after I got saved, before I got saved, it was always this way. I thought I could just work out any situation that ever come around. Some kind of way I can just get it done. It don't make no difference if the whole house falls down. I'll just start over. I've had it when you was building, you'd have a wall up 120 feet long or something. That's when, and a rain cloud comes. That the rain ain't what the problem is. The rain just falling down on the house ain't what the problem is. It's that 120 foot wall when the wind grabs that wall with that much flat space and the wall board's already on it. And it's on a concrete slab and the best you could do is you drove stakes down in the ground. You thought you'd done good. You drove them down at a slant. You'd done all you can, but you never really knew the pressure that was going to be on the wall. And down the wall would come. Didn't have things tied in it yet. The storm come in all of a sudden. Ain't that the way life comes? It comes all of a sudden. All of a sudden you realize, well, I put the wall back. I put the wall back. I'd make it work no matter what. Put a roof on the house. Architect got it wrong. Man, it looks good. Brother Harris, everything looks good. But you know what? When we put the staircase in and we walked up the staircase, now our heads are hitting the rafters. What are you going to do? You got to take the rafters off. You got to build a knee wall on the other side. The architect missed it. The architect ain't going to cover the cost. You just take them off. You build a knee wall on each side to get some headroom where you can get the rafters sitting up a little bit higher and you just do it. And after you do it, you do it over and over and over. You do so many things. When maybe the world's like, I ain't going to do that. I, I'm going to wait. I'm going to sue somebody. <laughs> you could have then had the situation solved and been on down the road and everything's fine. 
But you know what? In getting things done, sometimes you think that you kind of some big kind of somebody. I come to tell you that in and of ourselves, we ain't nobody. We're not nobody. We're not nobody. We really can't do anything. See, we, we can't make a day. We, we can't make fingers. We can't make toes. We can't make muscles. We, we can't make a mind to stay with a mind. Your mind today, because of a blood clot, can go through. And this afternoon, you can be no more than a vegetable. Can't even make a whole sentence. Trying all you can to put words together. And you can't. My sweet mother, she... Years back, she had had a stroke, and she was down there in a hospital, and I went down there as quick as I could, and I got there, and my little mother's face is all drawn, and she was trying to talk to me. She tried to say a word, and she would shake her head, no, that, that's not right. She would know, and she, she just couldn't get it out. Through therapy, I remember they took her down to do some surgery to look at her, and I remember the two guys that was caring, I said, who's going to be responsible for my mother? They said, well, we're just carrying her down there. We don't know they'll be. I said, oh, no. I've got to meet the person who's going to bring mama back. I've got to meet the person who's going to be responsible for bringing mother back. I come to tell you, you've got somebody that's took all the responsibility and put it on himself as Jesus to make sure that he can supply your every need according to his riches and glory. And I got good news for you today that heaven ain't broke and heaven ain't gone out of business and heaven can do anything. God can do anything. He'll provide for you. There's nothing he can't give you. There's no storm big enough. There's no wind big enough. There's no epidemic big enough. There's absolutely nothing absolutely big enough can come against you and prosper. Oh, but it ain't always been this way. It ain't always been this way. Even after I got saved, I still didn't want to trust God completely. Man, I still would sometimes I would lay in the bed and just worry because of whatever situation was going on, what the outcome was going to be. This scripture starts off right here. If you'll allow me to read the whole thing and go back in verse 25. It says, I have been young. You know, if today all we had was Christian people that just got saved last Sunday, when worship time come, you know what? Nobody would probably, if nobody raised their hands, nobody worshiped. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Brother Randy, I'd say, well, you know, we just all got saved last Sunday. <laughs> We're young. We just got saved. We don't know how important it is to worship. We've never been in a church where they didn't worship, so we don't really know how to appreciate one that does worship. We don't know how it is to have Kaylee to sing these songs that's got such a message in it. We don't know where how it is to have a freedom so we can come down and stand. Everybody's got some kick their own. I don't know why they didn't do this. Man, I thought I was doing I don't know why they didn't do this. Well, as a pastor, you know what? Next week, I could come to every one of y'all's houses. And I said, I got issues with every one of y'all. I got big issues. And I'm not going to get over the issue. I mean, I thought I was real plain. 
If God's been good to you, it's time to make a vote. It's come, we need to come down together and we need to stand together. And you know what the Bible said? He said, how can any two walk together except they agree? Now we're a kind of church, we do that. And I could come and I could really have a pack in that. And I could just say, man, I, I'm unsolicited. You know, I got issues. And the next time you see me, how you doing? I could say, I still got issues. <laughs> but I remember, there was a time when I first got saved when I was young. I didn't really think much about the blessings of Jesus. Oh, but you know what? Man, as I see some of these young folks that just past year, They've come to know Jesus, their personal Savior. I'm going to tell you one thing. I can see a wanting and a craving after God done already done just a few things. He's already been faithful just in a few things. And what he's doing is he's got something that a lot of churches don't have. They have something that a lot of people don't have. They, they didn't just get saved. They gave their life away. They gave their life to Christ. And when they did that, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God came in. And so anything, the Bible said that every good and perfect gift come from above. And so they hadn't been saved that long, but they've been saved long enough. Now they've already had 10 things, good things that didn't happen to them in their young Christian walk. And every time that thing happens, the Holy Ghost is living inside and says, see what I've done. And they put it on the ad machine. They adding it up. They totaling it up. And they said, man, I ain't been saved for six months. But look what a change has done happened. And look how good God's done been to me. Man, I am young, but I'm sin. <laughs> how come you thinking them churches, them old saints? Huh? Old grandma will come in, couldn't hardly walk. <laughs> huh? But when shouting time come, oh, you'd see them grab the front of the seat. You'd see them grab the front of the seat. I realize that I'm talking about something that a lot of people, church-going folks, don't know about. How in the world do you think heaven's going to be? How do you think it's going to be? You, look, you're not going to run to mama first thing. Sorry. You're not going to run to your daddy first thing. I'm Sorry. That's going to be the furthest thing from your mind. When you get to the portals of glory, the person that you're going to run to first is, is the one who died on the cross for your sins because you're going to realize I wouldn't have had a mama and I wouldn't have had a daddy and they wouldn't have been blessed and I wouldn't have been blessed. Oh, that scripture said, but I have been young. Well, we just chalk it up to that. We can chalk it up to that, and I can honestly tell you, look here, that when I first got saved, I did not know all about the blessings of God, and I did not know just how good William, in the midst of him saving me and coming off in that old sinful condition that I was in, reaching his hand off in there, and the Bible said that my sin stunk in his nostrils, but he waited off in there anyway, and he said, Eddie Martin, I'm going to take you on. He woke up this morning, he's still taking me on. And don't you sit there with your sanctified self, he took you on. The Bible said, be holy, for I'm holy. Paul said, I'm pressed toward the mark of the high calling. We ain't got there, but he ain't thrown you away. He's still willing. He said, that work 
Michael, that I began in you. I'll complete it. You know when that completion is going to be? It's when we walk up in front of him. He say, well done, my good and my faithful servant. But I have been young. I have been young. I have been lost. I have been the religious person. I was sitting in the church wondering why hadn't anybody asked me, why are you asking me to pray? I've never told you that I've ever accepted Christ. Why are you asking me to be on the committees? Why are you asking me to do these things? I was young. I didn't know. I love the scripture said, I have. I have been. I've been into a place that when something comes, devastation, every time you turn on the news, I've been in a place like, oh my. The preachers need to be in a pulpit today if no other reason. They need to be saying, listen, is Christianity real or it ain't real? Man, I love a song that Karen Peck, New River sings, that God likes to work when your back's against the wall. When faith is in the balance and you're just about to fall. I'm talking about it makes all the difference, don't it, Kaylee? Don't it make all the difference when you're just a piano player at a church and that's all? Don't it make a difference when the Holy Ghost of God now lives in your life? Amen. Yeah. You find yourself not gazing around so much. You find yourself knowing I can make contact with what the preacher is saying. I, I know that he's took care of me in this situation. I know whom I believed in. I, and I'm persuaded, you can't tell me nothing else, that God ain't going to take care of his people. Man, it ain't a time to turn out. It's a time to turn on. Hello? It is. It's a time to be mindful about all things, but it was always a time. As I talked to David Livingston, it's always been a time. He, he wants y'all to know, listen, if you'll just do what you need to do to protect yourself like you would in any flu season. 80 million, like 80,000 or something. I, I don't know the number. He died one year in some flu. People are living. People are not taking care of themselves. People are, are living and dying every day. Scripture right here said, I was young. I was young. I, I, there was a time that, that, that I, was, I was young. I, I, didn't, I didn't really give credit to what God was doing. It said, but now. Boy, I pray that we got some now folks in here. I, I pray we got some now folks. I, I pray that we done seen. I, I pray that, that, yeah, Eddie, there was a time that I was young. There, there was a time that things troubled me. And, I, and I'm just, just not talking about this, what you want to call it, epidemic. I'm talking about, look here. There's folks inside this building who's got a whole lot bigger stuff going on than what's on that news. They do. Well, a lot of us are just blessed. We just bless out of a socks. I mean, gloom and doom is all over us, but we just bless all of a sudden. We're not ready to worship. We're not ready to pray. And we're not ready to amen the preacher. Not that I need them to preach. I don't need it to preach because it's the truth. I ain't got to worry about it. I ain't got to prop up God's word. This is the only thing that you can do. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. This gospel, as we preached the other day, I mean, it's the power and the salvation. It's the power and the life. It's the power and the happiness. You can take all the trips you want to. You can go all the places you want to. You won't be a bit happier at the end of the day unless you took that trip with Jesus. I have been 
Yeah. Man, I would wonder. In that assembly of God church, now you just said, oh, that's the problem. Oh, we thought you was Baptist like us. We thought you was Methodist like us. We thought you was Presbyterian maybe or, you know, oh, now you done let the cat out of the bag. And I would wonder, I would wonder what they would always go to the altar for. I would wonder why they would be weeping down there for the children and praying. And before church went on, Kathleen, they would be praying and all that racket going on. Why they were so excited about service is because they weren't young anymore. Oh, because I started out traveling for the Lord many years ago. Had a lot of heartaches, had a lot of grief and woe. But when I would stumble, then I would humble down and say, Lord, now, now that you've been good to me, I, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now because every obstacle that you put me through, God, you gave me the strength to get over it. I, I wish I could preach all the messages God gave me. I, I, just, I just had a, I had a thought that come to my mind how we, when, when Jesus said in, in, in John 3, 17, how he said, I didn't come to condemn the world. I, I didn't come because he said, because of your unbelief, you condemned already. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what kind of degrees you get. It don't matter where you go. It don't matter what you do. But you're condemned because of your unbelief. Now, I know some people have come today, and I'm trying to hurry to get you out here. I know you've come today, and you said, man... With this immune system I got, I know I'm probably, I'm probably at risk. You've took a risk to come. You've took a risk to come. I don't know, but I, I want to think that there was a time that you was young, and I know probably your whole family saying you shouldn't go. You just, you just shouldn't do that, but there was just something inside of you that had you to go on, and I'm trying to get through. You said, there was a time that I was young, but it said, but now I'm old. And I want you to look at that word, yet. That yet says, all the way from the day that I was born. I preached a message one day on John 3, 16, for God so loved me. He didn't just love me. And I got to thinking as I was in that revival, and I went all the way back to childhood, the home that I was built, born in, the mom and daddy that I had, and them carrying me to church, and them making sure I heard God's word, and just getting blessed all through life. And I thought, now that I look back and I see that word yet, have I not ever seen? There's never been a time that I've ever looked upon somebody and my going to church and my giving to the Lord and all is I was just observing other people and how happy they was because they lived a life for Jesus and because they gave to the Lord. It said, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken. Now, I hope you know what that means, righteous. I hope you know that that only means that one day that you came to church, you might have thought you was the worst person in this county. But you was drawn by the Holy Ghost of God. He wooed you and he called you. And you seen Jesus down on the cross for your sins and you knew that you wasn't a very happy person. Matter of fact, you come to grips and I'm really miserable inside. You know what? I, I, don't, I don't get along with nobody. You know, I don't get along with nobody. You know, I'm just kind of out here. I mean, I don't really know why everybody I won't, don't be like me. 
But all I know is they really don't want to have nothing to do with me. Well, you may have some kind of epidemic. You just may be in darkness and you don't have the key to nothing in life and by now everybody knows it. But you just think you've got it all going on but you really ain't got nothing going on. And everybody knows it but you. <laughs> Boy, I love this last word. I've never seen the righteous. Let me tell you something, church. He ain't going to forsake the church. Man, I tell you what, Peter stood flat-footed when Jesus looked down on him and he said, Peter, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Who do you think I am today? Who do you think I am when you're going through a storm? Who do you think you're going through when you're going through when the winds are beating down on your house? Who do you think I am? Boy, he looked up in him. He said, some say you John the Baptist. Some say you Elias. He said, but who do you say I am? He said, you're Christ. You're that Christ. And that Christ, Jesus said, upon that rock, I'll build my church. <laughs> and when things come, we'll just kind of shake down to, no. He said, I'm going to build my church on that rock. And he said, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. Listen to me. We don't come and boast and say anything of ourselves. We're not here to do that. We're not here to boast in ourselves. We're not here to say, man, we got it going on. We're here to say that Christ Jesus has got it going on and he's not going to forsake us no matter what comes in this whole world. No matter what comes. There was a time that I was old. I was young. But now I've seen, I've got older. I done spent a lot of time. I done seen the miracles of the Lord. I done seen God show up when we thought it was over. I done seen God show up maybe when you was at a point of devastation in your life. And there's a whole lot of people in this place that never went through nothing. Not really through nothing. You really never have witnessed anything. And it's just been smooth sailing. I come to tell you there's going to come a time though. And I hope you've gotten older. That even no matter what you go through, you can stand up and say, listen, I'm not forsaken today. There were just some verses right over here. If I can find them, I made a mark over here in Corinthians. You don't have to turn. And it says in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 8, it said, we are troubled on every side. Look here, this book was written a long time ago. A long time ago. It says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Look at it again. Mm. Look at verse 16. It says, for, for which cause we faint not. Though, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which doesn't last but for a moment, worketh for us far more and exceedingly an eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but we look to things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So he said in this Psalms here, he said, but I'm not seeing the righteous forsaken. And also I'm not seeing their seed begging for bread. In closing the day, 
He had just gave me them words as I say as your pastor today that I had to make an observation when I walked into the hospital room where you was, you that allowed me to be your pastor in your time of trouble. I had to make an observation that God was good. I had to make an observation. Eddie, has he not been faithful to you? Have you not seen him heal other people? Have you not seen him touch other people? And when I came to you and you had a death in your family that was so close to you and, and I, I had to walk up there with boldness, I had to say there was a time that I, I was young and I, I didn't know what to tell you, but I can tell you I, he's been so faithful and he's been so good and he's never failed and he's never left somebody out there looking. He's going to come through for you too. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor the seed begging for bread. I had to make an observation. And with that observation, I got confirmation. When you see God work so many times, and I can tell the young people, you seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Man, I'm excited about our young people around this church. I'm excited about those who have been steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I'm excited where God's going to carry them people because they're seeking you first, the kingdom of God. And he said, and when you do that, all these other things just going to be added to you. When you just make up your mind, it ain't because mom and daddy's making me anymore, and I ain't got to be there for mom and daddy anymore, but you know what? I want to be blessed in life. I'm going to put my hands to the plow because the Bible says he that put his hand to the plow looking back is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to keep my hand to the plow. Before I ever got saved, I seen other people that had their hands to the plow doing something and I made up my mind if it works for them, it'll work for me. I made an observation and through what I seen, I was young but I got older. I had confirmation. And I come to tell you today that in every situation, every situation in life, not just what would be faced this week, not just what you see on the TV, that in every situation, now this next part, I'll be a little hang up to you, because of the saturation, we, we just sang songs and it's easy to sing a song, but sometimes it's hard to grab a hold of, get a hold of it. Hmm. It says, since Jesus came into my heart. Oh, what joy fills my soul as the something billows rose since Jesus came into my heart. Boy, we sing these songs. I'm so happy, so very happy. In every situation, because of the saturation, I'm glad to bring you some information this morning from God's Word. You got hope. You got hope. You got a blessed hope. I had about seven scriptures on blessed hope. There's one thing, I need to get to Batesville to be with a brother and sister. Another thing, you probably want to get out of around people that's whatever, you know. David would tell you today, David, come. Come just a minute. Come on. Well, we, 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 we probably owe you this. You come. Turn this mic on right here for him, brother. My mayor, come on up here. You come. My mayor, my mayor is going to give some information 
And right when he...